Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast once more. This is episode number 166 entitled The When and Who of Marketing. It was published on Thursday the 13th of February 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I will be joined in a few moments by David Wormsley so that we can have our little bi-weekly fortnightly discussion about all things WordPress. This week it's a marketing discussion but we'll come to that in a moment. A few bits of housekeeping before all of that. It's the usual stuff but uh, I like to say it anyway. Head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Over on that page you're going to find a whole load of ways that you can keep in touch with what we do over at WP Builds. There's a couple of emails that you can subscribe to. One keeps you in touch with all the content that we produce and the other one alerts you of WordPress deals as soon as we hear about them. There's ways to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player, which is, I think, how most of you listen to this. And there's also our Facebook group of over 2,400 WordPressers all being very kind and gentle to each other. And there's things like our YouTube channel and so on and so forth. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. This week, I revamped the deals page over at wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's now filterable and searchable. So if you are in the mood for buying a WordPress related product, it might be a theme or a plugin or a hosting platform, whatever it might be, go over to that page. You never know. There might be a coupon code with some significant saving. Also, I'd like to say that this week we have a UI UX session. Peach and Eri is joining us on Wednesday so that we can discuss, go through some of your user-submitted websites. If you'd like to be a part of that, you can go to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Um, and it's happening later this week. It's happening on Wednesday. And you can find out more about that by going to wpbuilds.com forward slash UI. You can join us and indeed on that page forward slash UI. You can submit your own site so that Peacher could perhaps have a look at it live and give you some tips from her very experienced background. The last one I want to mention is wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise. Please use that page if you've got a product or service you would like to put in front of a WordPress specific audience, a bit like ACF have done. Want to build anything with WordPress? With the Advanced Custom Fields plugin on your side, you can take full control of your WordPress edit screens and custom field data. With a few clicks, you can add extra fields to all sorts of admin pages, including posts, taxonomies, users, and now even Gutenberg blocks. They also provide an intuitive PHP API, which makes WordPress development a dream. Never tried it? Well, now's the time. Visit advancedcustomfields.com forward slash pro. And we do thank Advanced Custom Fields for their support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, let's get stuck into the podcast. It is today with David and I. David Wormsley and I are talking about the when and who of marketing. So this is all about the fact that, well, sometimes we may be leaking clients. We might be not really understanding when we've got to contact those clients or indeed who they even might be. And so we're dipping into Bryony Thomas's Watertight Marketing book again. David and I discuss this at great length. There's about 40 minutes or so here. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting topic. We're not experts in this and we're just trying to thrash out what our approaches might be. But uh, I hope that you enjoy it. 
Following on from the how and where of marketing, which we discussed last time, this discussion is called the where and who of marketing. And both of these are based on a book called Watertight Marketing by Bernie Thomas. This is the penultimate discussion that we're going to have. So there's just one more left in the series. But in this series, we've been discussing 13 leaks identified in this book where businesses can lose potential customers and clients. And this time, Nathan, I'm not going to go through them all. We're really just on the end stretch. So we first discovered what were the blocks, if you like, or the leaks for people who were, had already made their decisions. And now we've been moving in for these last ones onto awareness when we really need to attract the attention of potential buyers. So that's really, we're on the last stretch now. Yeah, it's been a good little journey. It's kept us going very nicely, this book, uh, Watertight yeah. Marketing by Bryony Thomas. Just to say that... Um, there, there have been many episodes prior to this one, and on each of the show notes, um, I add mm. all the links to the, the previous ones. I don't link to all of the ones that would be in the future, just to the ones that you, you wouldn't have listened to at that point. So anyway, they're all, they're all there right at the top of the show notes. So let's get stuck into it. The, the when and who of marketing. Yeah, exactly. So... This, we were talking about this for a little while and it was almost slightly depressing, wasn't it? Because mm. really what we came to the conclusion was the book was saying that we just need to be around when people might be interested in looking for what we're delivering. And yeah. we need to be known by everybody, yeah. which I guess is... Yeah, and, yeah. and given what we do, um, if, you know, I mean... I, Quite conceivably, I could have a product which is available to everybody in the entire world. You know, if I have a, for example, if I'm a selling a WordPress plugin or something like that, that means that every single minute of every single day of the year, I could be making a sale. Whereas if, it, you know, in the old fashioned world, go back 60, 70 years where you run a shop and, you know, you open at nine in the morning and by five o'clock, everything's finished. That's really the, the only thing that you need to worry about. Obviously, there's the marketing around that and making sure that people know that you're around at those times. But to, to man the fort during those hours was a little bit easier. And yeah, Bryony makes the point that these days you need to be available kind of 24-7, which means you need to be conscious of putting out your message 24-7. And so when you said at the top that maybe that's a bit depressing, that's that's where that comes from. The idea that essentially, if you want to be successful, uh, just don't think too much about sleeping. <laughs> she talks about lucky timing and often she's given an example in the book that that really was just down to the fact that she would put out, she had somebody in mind as a potential client and they didn't respond to any of the blogs that she created or the posts that she'd made in LinkedIn. But it was just that one moment which would now consider as lucky timing when they had something available for that potential customer when they were ready to investigate that thing that she was selling and i and i think yeah it's really that is the bottom line isn't it we have to try and if you like zoom in on who we're trying to sell to but we need to start putting out sort of constant content or being around in some form or another so that seems like hard work but you know what i think i do you know what when i'm talking to clients i think they don't think about the whens very much hmm. because <laughs> I've had quite a few discussions about whether you should be making the telephone or the contact form or call to action the prominent thing on their website. 
And I'm pretty sure that a lot of the people I've built sites for have not really given it thought. They like the telephone because that's how they often get a lot of their business. But they're not really aware that their sites are often being viewed in the evening when people think, well, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to call you. And if they did call, they're going to get a voice message and they're probably then not going to leave a message. Yeah, if if like so us, I think, you sort of, sorry, if I interrupted, apologies. No. Okay. No, I was on. just going to say that if, like us, you live on the internet and have done for many years, it's kind of just a foregone conclusion that everything's open 24-7. But going back to the example of, well, the, the, the person that owns a shop or somebody that comes to you and wants to have a website built and they do something quite locally, they might be a, a plumber or something, they're probably very much in the, the modus operandi of, well, I, I work from this hour and I stop work at that hour and I, I don't wish to be contacted. But um, increasingly, you know, it seems a bit silly if, as a plumber, you could have a contact form which is available to to at least offer some kind of way of getting in touch and saying, I would be interested in your services in the future. It seems silly not to use those things. But yeah, I, I get a lot of pushback from clients about those kind of things. Oh, yeah, I want my phone number on there because that's how I operate. Um, and even people sort of saying, is it possible to sort of switch the um, switch the form off? at night and peculiar things like that sort of saying well no that's not really the point it's supposed to be there all the time uh, but you don't have to reply at night you just leave it until the morning yeah yeah and i've seen certainly with that same example there's because i've got the analytics on one and they're largely doing business to business i can actually see that it, the good chances are that most of the people who are looking at their website are actually doing it in the UK between nine and five and they're looking. So the prominence of a telephone number would seem quite high. In fact, it isn't actually on their site. I've only just kind of realized that's the case. But I, I definitely got a gain. Actually, my brother's site, I can use them as an example, because they give equal weight into their telephone. In fact, that came first before the email contact on an earlier one mm. and the contact form was on another page. So I'm pretty sure they were getting um, phone calls more. And when we moved it to kind of call to actions all through a page, which popped up a form, made a huge, big, in fact, a third increase in the business that really? they got. Nice. Yeah, and and it's because I'm pretty sure they were doing, you know, they were business to customer. Those customers who were looking for their services were looking at night time when they'd finished their working day because they wanted something for their homes. So yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. That the, whatever it is that your your clients are actually hoping to sell. As an example, I have um I had have still a client who does like yoga. And nobody is going to be searching for her business during the nine to five period because they're all at work. And well, I'm saying nobody, a very small proportion. And although I haven't done the analytics, I'm, I would be 100% certain that most of the contacts will come in, like you say, in the evening when the people have gone home from work. And, you know, maybe they're watching telly, browsing the Internet for a, a local yoga practitioner and uh, and yeah. find them that way and so her telephone is switched off the telephone is the is kind of the last way that she can be got in touch with really she's she's back into her own family and has shut all that communication down because of the the kids and all of that kind of stuff and so having the contact form um really useful and just gets loads of stuff and replies begins an email communication which gets her quite a bit of work yeah the when yeah, yeah i think as well with um at my business, well, I keep thinking about the the when people might be looking for us, and I I could be wrong, but I do feel there's a, 
there's a slight seasonal element to when my work comes in. It yeah. dies for the summer because I just think, well, certainly for those businesses who have, say, five or more staff, it, they, I've heard this a few times. We're just going to leave this project we want to do until everybody's back from their summer holidays because people are off for like two weeks at a time and they, they need to be involved. Mm. So I think I do you think there's any kind of seasonal element to um, your work? Yeah, it was interesting because before we started this call, we well, before we started recording, we had a little bit of a chat around this. And because a lot of my work is seasonal and the place where I live is is what you might class as a tourist mm. town, there's, um, there's a real frenetic period of time where in the summer, it's just very busy, you know, the, the, sort of the, the population of the mm. town goes up by, I don't know what the numbers are, but let's say it doubles because all of the hotel rooms are full and so on and so forth. That's a time when the, the people hope to have their websites built, but equally... Christmas time, which is kind of like a family time, it, it the winter basically, and Christmas especially is a time when it's dead. And you would have thought that that would have been a time when they'd be um, be kind of looking to get website work done, but it tends not to be the case. My busiest times, I think, generally speaking, are kind of October-ish. So in that little window mm. between the summer madness is, is over and we haven't really turned our attention to Christmas. And then it goes, and then it goes significantly quieter throughout sort of mid from mid November through till about now, actually sort of January time. And um, usually the phone starts to ring a bit more and more contact forms are filled out from about now. So yeah, there's definitely a seasonality, but that's largely driven by the, the sort of the climate and the, the, the industries that a lot of the people where I live are, are in. But I guess if, if you're um, in different industries and you live in a different part of the world with a different climate, it might be entirely different. And your, your business might need to be open 365 days a year. I have a, have a well, had, I no longer maintain her website, but I had a, a lady who had a toy shop um, and she sold, uh, it was an e-commerce website and she sold toys. And she she basically did ninety percent of her annual transactions in a sort of three week period in, in the run up to Christmas. She was one of those websites where you you go there because Amazon's run out, and she's got <laughs> it still. Um, yeah. And so she would just sell ridiculous amounts of stock in a tiny window of time, and essentially have most of the rest of the year off. You know, it wasn't like that. She still treated it like a business and fielded calls, but. Basically, it was mm. incredibly seasonal. Yeah. You know, it's interesting what you said about October because I told you about this, but I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast. I did a, an experiment where I set up a kind of niche. So I, I made some templates, if you like, of um, B&B and guest house and kind of small hotel templates. And I, I sent this out to a whole bunch of people as cold calling. And I actually timed that thinking this is going to be the end of their season. Mm. I'm putting it for October to to see what's going to happen there and send stuff out. It was absolute fail. But you know, one of the interesting things was that this was set on time. So they got a few emails unless they responded. They got they got something following them up. So, yeah, that's a really kind of spammy stuff. But it did no good. But it's only, um, it's, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, or one of those contacted me. So this is from October. Yeah, well, uh, I can yeah. tell you for certain that if you're a hotel owner in where I live, in October, you're on holiday. Ah, I 
see I got it wrong, didn't I? Yeah, you're, you're definitely that because you've you've worked flat out for kind of three months and your annual leave starts when everybody else goes back to school. So September and October, those kind of times, they take advantage of the the, the fairly good weather in, in Europe at that time for cheaper tickets. And then when they've taken those holidays, they then turn their attention to Christmas uh, you know, family stuff, and then when um, when that's all done, we we move into January, and and now it starts to warm up. So maybe maybe there's an opportunity to send that exact same sequence out again to well, <laughs> should we say some different people and see what happens? I could probably say I think I could send it to the same. It was quite a fascinating. This is off you know, what we're talking about today, but it was really interesting just how few responses I've got. And this was an email that was sent out, yeah, which you could you could read as potentially as somebody wanting to to use their you know their hotel or something. It could be a booking. I was so stunned at how many were not opened. Yeah, well, yeah, they holidays. You have, you have your answer anyway. Get, yeah, getting back to this subject one of the Mm. things that i think prevents this being a kind of a workable solution the idea of being on 24 7 and what have you is that you need to be nobody can be so focused well i say nobody there's not many people that can be so kind of strict with their calendar that they can push out this meaningful content on a regular basis you know how many times have have you heard stories of clients who desperately wanted to have a blog and you've told them the benefits of blogging and you've told them the benefits of putting content out and you you look at the site and the first couple of weeks they totally do it they absolutely mastered Mm. it they've got the post and they've written some long form content and there's some there may be a video or two in there and some images and then you go back a month and it's utterly dried up and it never goes anywhere and that that's just the problem with all of this is is getting that content on a on a schedule is just a nightmare. So it, it it brings forward other possibilities where you you write a whole ton of content in a very short space of time and then and then drip it out. The the problem that I would have with that is just targeting the wrong time of year, you know. So in the example of your card business, presumably you'd mm. you'd be writing content about Christmas cards, I don't know, in July or something like that. So you had loads mm. of Christmas content ready. And yet you wouldn't be feeling Christmassy in the slightest, which is kind of strange. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that actually happened. So we had the greeting card business that was selling cards online, and I think it, I, it, I understood something about the type of people we were selling to. So we were selling arty cards to, you know, kind of very cultured middle class people, and we really couldn't get some other cards because we were ordering them from the supplier until they were kind of quite latish. But people were ordering last year's cards because they were trying to get ahead already. These were the type of people. We learned that we had to get our cards online much quicker than we thought was we should do. It didn't seem right to be putting this stuff out for Christmas so soon. But that was just the nature of the people. They were just very organized type of people who... You know, knew they wanted to get ahead. Yeah, I guess. I Fascinating. Guess there's, there's other options, though. You, you know, it doesn't have to be just writing content and blog posts. There's a whole slew of different things that you could be doing. So it might be that you regard your Twitter feed as your primary way of marketing. You know, just constantly dripping out messages about what it is that you do, and you know, I don't know, posting little videos of uh, things that you and your business have done. Or it might be running a Facebook group or having a Facebook page and updating that. But it still all comes down to the the fact that you've got to just keep 
creating this stuff. And as Bryony says, eventually, hopefully, one of those bits will hit. I'll tell you what, it's really interesting. With with now, we're well over 160 episodes on WP Builds. It is always fascinating when you just get some random comment in in the email or maybe on the post itself from a from an episode which was i don't know from 2 years ago or something like that and somebody yeah. for some reason has just picked this one up and has listened to it and has had had something that they wanted to add about it and in my life because i've never been good at creating content for my business wp builds is is the only time i've stuck at creating content i i I, everybody told me that that would be the case, that there would be you know, a, a long tail to it and that people would look mm. at the content that, that was produced a long time ago if it was still relevant and fitted a Google search. I sort of mm. doubted it to some extent, and yet it, it totally is true. You know, We're not talking large numbers. I mean, single digits probably in most cases, but it, it still happens. And it might be that if, you know, if WP Builds was selling something, which of course it isn't, that that would be the just the way of confirming. Okay, you're the right business for us. Yeah, do you know? I think I've been when it comes to the when clients are ready. I've been very, I think, naive about this. I'm starting to get relaxed, and I feel more relaxed about it because I've just been aware that almost every time I've been asked about a website, it's been six months to a year before they're really ready to commit to that. And this is my beef I have a little bit with the magic email, which is a way of getting kind of closure by sending an email back, you know, which is inquiring. I can't, do you remember what the, the magic email actually says? Oh, it's something on the lines of um, because we haven't heard back from you for a little while, um, we take it that you're maybe yeah. not ready to move forward with this project. So it's something like that. It's, it's kind of like a, a complete non-sentence. It's a sentence which says something, but at the same time really doesn't. You're saying come on. And at the same time, you're saying it's okay. Yeah. yeah. And we had this whole discussion about it and it's talking about the wins, which makes me remember why I felt uncomfortable. I'm sure it works and it gives you closure often because they'll come back and they'll realize that they've been a little bit rude by not coming back to you. And they may say that they, it might mean that they will go ahead with you because you prompted them or it might mean that they come back and say, well, we've had, you know, we're going with somebody else or something. But that's the bit that I've feel unsure about doing because you get the closure but in my experience now over time is that many of these people who make an inquiry and you think they were just wasting your time some point in the future they come back probably they have tried somebody else and they've come full circle and come back to you but if i'd have sent that email and forced them if you like to close it off I wonder whether they would come back again. Yeah, I've sent it a couple of times, and we, we spoke about the when I did it earlier before we hit record, but I've always got a reply, but it's mm. not always been what I wanted. You know, exactly <laughs> what you said. It sometimes has come back with a, oh, yes, yeah, sorry, I'm just getting my ducks in a row, or, well, that's fine, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll get back to you when I'm ready, or something like that. So I, I agree, and I completely agree with your sentiment that, it's six months. I mean, I don't know if six months is the exact number. Uh, anecdotally, mm. in my head, it feels like it would be a little bit less. But there's so mm. many times that I've met people in real life and we've talked about um, building them a website uh, at some, you know, at some point in the future. And I just assumed that that was never going to happen. And then the phone rings. It actually happened to me last week. 
Um, in the most peculiar of places, I was stood in my children's playground and this other parent who I talked to well over a year ago, and she found out that I built websites and what have you, and so we started talking. And it wasn't even a sales call. It was just, oh, yeah, you could do this or you could do it. And then the other week, she just came up to me in the playground and said, yeah, I think we're ready to, to move ahead with the website now. And I what? <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, right. So anyway, that hasn't happened yet. I'm waiting to see if yet again there's another six-month delay, but totally out the blue. Really can be a long time. Yeah, I mean, I'm where I am because of my colleague, and I think she was, you know, she'd been at it a kind of 10 years really professionally doing it before and she seemed fairly relaxed with the fact that people came back so I guess I'm getting there myself and I don't get so anxious when somebody seems really keen on getting a website started whether I'm going to have the time because of other jobs I've got because I just know now that it's just going to stretch out that time and it's just the way it is so I was thinking sorry we didn't the magic email I'll just finish this off yeah what we didn't say is that Instead of the magic email, shouldn't we have just been putting them on a, a some kind of list or something where they get contact from us for every so often, even even on a Christmas card list or something like that? Well, you that's know? that's perfect. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to suggest. I think that's that's really valuable. I, I, something I've never managed to do, largely because, as I said, creating that kind of content has been something that outside of WP builds I've never really managed to stick at. But I think that's a, a really great idea. Just It's just a gentle nudge. I don't know how often that would feel, but if you think about your own life and all yeah. the things that you, you do, as an example, there's this little bit of tech. I won't bore you with what it is, but it's this little bit of tech that I would like to buy. And I'm, I'm really in two minds as to whether I, A, can afford it, B, need it, or C, there's a couple of rival products. But I've been looking at this bit of tech, this exact same bit, for well over a year. Yeah. And, and I still haven't made the decision. But there's this one company uh, who, coincidentally, are, are actually based fairly close to me. They're in York, which is about, I don't know, it's about an hour's drive away, just by pure chance. And they have pixeled me at some point, and And I keep going back to their website. I must be costing them a fortune in, in, uh, in Facebook ads. <laughs> but I am so close to buying it now because of these little repeated little pings, just this company sort of saying, you know, look, this item's still here. It's still here. It's still here. And so I think your idea of putting them on a sequence, just massaging, giving them useful tips. And I think that's the point, right, is to give them content as opposed to give them a sales email. Just give yeah. them content around what, what can be done with a website. Um, I think that would be gold. And, and I'm sure it would convert over time. But the problem is it's so unmeasurable and you just don't know. And it, but it's the opposite to what we often say a lot. We're trying to get rid of the tire kickers, the time wasters and stuff like yeah. that. You know, you just think, well, and maybe flip that on its head. Maybe I, I'm now coming to the conclusion most of them are like that. They appear like the tire kickers, but at some point they will come good. They will, they will purchase. They will get on with it. Yeah. And if you think about it, what possible reason do they have to be in touch with you? Between the point at which they worked out that, yes, you build websites and, yes, you can do what we need to do and, yes, the price is right. You know, all of those things that, that presumably they've worked out at some point in the past and you've given them some and then they go completely silent. What possible reason have they got to talk to you until the moment where they're very, very, very much closer to actually deciding? And the answer is probably mostly none. There's no reason. Mm. 
So you can't really expect them to be phoning you up saying, yeah, we're still interested in that website. Just wait a couple of months. We'll be all there. Don't worry. They're just, well, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what? I have this little, we, I've mentioned this before, this little Facebook group, which I've made for clients to try and feel like I'm, you know, still around and we do services and it's not really taken off. I haven't put enough effort into it still, but I, I knew before when people have passed on somebody to, um, to kind of join these, they, I, I made it open and I haven't at the moment. And I'm thinking, should I do that? Should I welcome people to come into this group to just talk about their, their website issues anyway because they they will remember me and they could be potentially clients because I'm going to put other content up there should I just be welcoming those people and then I've got the other side of it which is why I decided not to do that is because there's a, such a high number of people in our profession who think they they can just pick our brains for free and do the job themselves yeah I think there's also a slight danger I've it, I remember when you said that for the first time that you've got a Facebook group of clients. Um, I remember thinking, whoa, that's interesting, but not something I would do. <laughs> because from my point of view, I'd be too worried, not only that they were going to pick your brains for free, but also it, it kind of feels to me like it's crossed some boundary a little bit of mm. familiarity that I'm really overemphasizing that I don't mean that as uh, in mm. quite as so severe as way as it sounds but I, I like to keep like a bit of a separation you know I'm over here building your website you're over there you're the client and we'll we'll do all the formal communications through my um, software of choice and all of that and I've set all that process up at the beginning so I want to keep that going but your model for having clients is so very different to mine that if it works, mm. great, go for it. I mean, yeah. it could 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 as easily be a a forum on a WordPress website, or it could be something in you know a little collection of things going on in LinkedIn. It's mm -hmm. the I think for me, it's the nature of interactivity with that that is peculiar. Uh, whereas, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know it's, it's never it's never taken off anyway. It's just been, in, in fact, it's the kind of stuff I wouldn't put in client reports. Like I've updated them to the latest PHP, which is really tedious. And, mm. and I've even shared a, a video of the book we're talking about as well, because, you know, this might be worth 45 minutes of their time for their business, you know, things like that. Um, you know, it doesn't get much dialogue or no, anything really the do, you, do you get in, are you going to pursue that though in in the sense that you say it doesn't get much engagement is that because you don't engage with it very much and but when you do do you get any engagement are there are there no. enough numbers in there to make it worthwhile no there isn't really it's just a few people in there but it has made me wonder whether i should kind of expand which was the original plan with it just to kind of answer friends of friends questions about wordpress and um but then of course it stops being the clients group, doesn't it, where I'm updating them on their services, things yeah, that we're doing. It feels so. To, it kind of feels to me that if you're going to make content about WordPress, um, it w would it be better to have that in more open format? You know, in in the same way that you've made a whole heap of videos before. That's just you know, it's not in a group. It's just publicly available on YouTube. That that feels like um, that may be a, a a more useful useful thing to do. I don't know because then lots of other people can find it, and especially not just your clients, but people who might be your clients in the future yeah no you're absolutely right but in a way what i was thinking this is um i could open it up to what it initially became where there was a few people who had just joined because they'd heard that i did what i, I did and they wanted some basically they were happy to talk about the problem that they had so in a way it was almost like publicly 
uh, pitching for their work almost there because they were asking me how they could fix a certain issue and before everybody I'm answering their question you know right. so it's more per- personal than putting out content as such but anyway I don't know if it's a good idea I do there is one of our friends I won't mention them who does have a group like that it is expanded upon they do offer WordPress help I think to the more general public or they invite anybody who they might have had some indirect contact with or or perhaps they you know they allow their friends to invite other people to come to them so maybe they use that as a tactic i've never talked to them about it mm. it's an interesting idea though the um the notion of having these digital platforms as ways to just keep the messaging going out you know in the same way that email does as as i've said so many times before i i i really do think that word of mouth is is my best ally or at least it has been in the past whether it will be in the future i don't know but i think the the fact that people that I know have told their friends that they've got a website with me is um is is the the golden bullet if i could if I could somehow parcel that up and wrap it up as a service I would because I think that's the best way yeah you've just beautifully segued into leak eleven really isn't it oh, not being known yeah word of mouth it's about because people make their decisions often first by asking those around them who they could recommend. Mm. That's kind of one of the leaks we need to plug. So, you know, it's interesting. She mentioned something. Um, I mean, largely she's talking about the power of referrals, which is where I think most of us get our work from, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Well, certainly I do. Yeah. The vast majority is from referrals. Um, I, I don't play the, the Google game particularly well, so word of mouth seems to work. Yeah, but she's also talking about, yeah, word of mouth, in, so there's kind of referrals, but she's talking about word of mouth being as a kind of broader concept to referrals where it's just that people are actually talking about you. Oh, so word of mouth in her sense could mean uh, an interaction on Twitter, but it's somebody that you know on Twitter and you trust their judgment. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's got a whole list in her book. We were just reading through them before, wasn't we, where she was suggesting how you can kind of be a person who gets talked about by kind of putting out content as, you know, thought-provoking questions that you ask in certain places. Starting a debate, which is what we're intended to do in our discussions in the future. And, yeah, uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff, being controversial. And uh, one of the other points that which you liked the most was ride a common theme. So keep talking about stuff stuff that's in your industry yeah i think if you can i think the message the the reason i say that is because the only experiences i have um and this is not me i'm talking about this is just other people that i know who've been really remarkably successful at this this idea Mm. of um getting word of mouth via online forms is when people have just banged the same drum over and Mm. over again in other words they're not trying to be a, a generalist um, and again, it's nothing to do with web design, but th- their businesses are, you know, completely nothing to do with with that at all. It might be that they sell baths or that they sell plumbing equipment or whatever. But they they just somehow manage to put out content, which to my mind is not interesting to read because I'm not interested in baths or plumbing equipment. <laughs> but if you're into that, and there's just this there's this this guy or this lady or or this company that just keeps pushing out content that's helpful and interesting and well-written and timely, I see that as a fabulous area to, to put your efforts in. Um, but you've got you to 
keep going at it. And it may, in the end, you know, you may sort of have lots of self-doubt and whatnot because you just keep going on about the same thing. But in the end, I think I think you get it. You only have to look at people who are successful in the WordPress space. Let's say, for example, on YouTube, it's just it's just YouTube content about WordPress all the time, and it just in the end yeah. it gathers all those people in. And in just about any niche, there's going to be well, certainly with the internet there's millions of people who are interested in your thing into knitting there's millions of you <laughs> into i don't know crochet there's millions of you into tennis there's maybe yeah. billions of you you know yeah um, but she talks about something else as well where you could bring a bit of your personality in. you know asking starting the debates and being controversial thought provoking questions if they kind of so okay, so you might do knitting, but you might have a particular perspective about how that might need to be done, which is controversial. Yeah. Or let's say you have a product, and your big beef is that other people who sell the stuff they don't—they're not as green as you are. Right. Your green credentials. Yeah. You can really, you know, find something within what you stand for as a company and use that as a way of getting kind of known because you'll challenge people and be, you know, remembered for that. And there's lots of forums. Forums are all about that, aren't they? They're all about kind of argument. Yeah, and I, you you know more about the psychology of this than I do because of your background in in things like that. But it feels to me as if as if humans are kind of built to be drawn towards controversy a little bit. You know, it's the it's the reason why people. I think, you know, when, when they're on the road and they see an accident, they slow down. They're just fascinated. What's going on over there? That's curious. That's not normal. And so, and again, apparently Facebook promotes controversial content because it gets engagement. So yeah. it, whilst it's something I would be, I would not be predisposed to do it. It just doesn't fit me. I don't, I, I mean, listen to us. We're constantly um, <laughs> trying to be uh, not controversial. The, I'm sure it works. I'm sure it works. You know, if, if like you said, if you're um, if you're into knitting and you know this this pattern sucks, it's so last year or whatever. I don't know anything about knitting, yeah. but you get the point. Say something controversial, stick your neck out a bit. I bet you it would gather you um, viewers. Whether or not that's a great strategy in the long term, if you're always Mister Controversial, uh, yeah, don't know. might in the end come well, back to bite you. But, you, you know, it's, if, it, it's, if it's in line with what you stand for, I mean, we most things, most arguments, are, of course, they are by nature polarized. But I think it's because we are pack animals by nature, aren't we? I mean, I observe the um, stray dogs that we have around here. And it's really fascinating just to see, you know, when one starts to bark at somebody who's come into our village, just the rest of them all run to come and do the same thing. Right, you know? yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you know, and you do get these packs, you know, where you get opposite sides. And I think we we are, we have that in us, even though I think you and I fight against that quite a lot. We try and get rational about things. Though we do have that in us. So sometimes standing for something is quite important, I think. Yeah, above yeah, yeah, sell, fair enough. You know? Yeah, so the, the controversy doesn't have to be controversy for the sake of it. It could be because you genuinely actually believe something is, is worth sticking up for or, you know, this thing over here is objectively better than that thing over there, so I'm going to say it how I see it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. and you've got to get remembered, aren't you, for that, I think, above the thing that you're necessarily selling. So it's going to be connected, but it's a way of making your you know people know where they stand with you, which is quite... I think that's quite important, really. I see a lot of people put out content, like you're saying, on the same stuff all the time. But somehow I think I connect with them when I understand where they're coming from. Right. 
Do you? Does it matter to you though what the person's history is? Let's say, let's take an example. Let's say that you you come across you're you're interested in a new plugin for WordPress. Let's take that as an example. And you go searching, and several YouTube videos come up, and one of them is by the the face that you've seen many times, so you you, you know that you can watch that one. But then mm. there's this new face that you've never seen before. Are you likely to distrust what they say, or are you likely to engage with that content? as much mm-hmm. or do you think the the sort of the heritage the fact that this person has been putting out content for ages makes any difference yeah that's a really good question i I'm, i think when it's something new then i i'm more cynical mm. yeah. uh, i'm looking i'm looking out for why they might be wrong until they convince me otherwise right well i think that's probably human nature as well you know um, yeah but so so the leading from that the idea that if you keep producing content for a really long time, eventually you build up enough kudos, enough, um, yeah. well, the following comes as a result of it all, but enough authority that when you talk, people start to listen. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that's the way it works. So, yeah, I, I, I think if the difficulty is, as I've said, is just creating an environment where you feel able to do this stuff. You know, we're constantly told that, Post blog posts need to be of a certain length. You know, let's take a thousand words as a as a rough dipping your toes in the water. That's not easy to do. Writing a thousand words takes well, it will take me well over an hour, and that's when I'm ready to write. You know, if I was just to sit down and try to come up with lots of different subjects, that's that's going to be difficult. But I think it's worth it, and I'm sure that there are countless stories from people listening to this who've got clients who have produced content regularly and have just been able to absolutely win in their little niche because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's this book is talking to business people, I think, and I think it's really important that they understand kind of debate or being social, really, I mm. guess, when they're on the social networks. Because most of the businesses I know set up their social networks they still see it as an advertising platform and they don't engage in any conversations i'm terrible at this the only time i did it with our old greeting card business i I simply asked the question how do you put a greeting card in the envelope is the image kind of the first thing you see when you pull it out at the back or the front end and start a debate off of that people love that because they could just take one side or another it's the only bit of successful uh, facebook page marketing i ever did but Um, again it's based around this yeah do do you think the because because we're talking about the who in this case do you think the the who as in the specific person matters as yep. well so as an example if if you if you publish content let's say on linkedin or youtube or twitter or what have you and it's coming from uh the company name that feels to me far more clinical and boring than if it comes from an employee and although you can never guarantee that that employee is going to stick around and they might take some of that kudos with them when they leave it feels to me like an individual uh, doing stuff over time works better than the company trying to pretend to care. You know, yeah. if, if Sarah Smith or John Smith or whoever it is is constantly having their face pushed forwards, eventually I get to know John Smith. A good example actually would be a couple of years ago, um, AppSumo, you know, this, the site that sells lifetime deals, they started mm. putting out videos of the products and they they, they used the same person 
I, I presume she's now mm. sort of moved on a little bit, but they use this same lady whose name I think is Christy um, mm. over and over and over and over again. Um, and I think it was really successful because people just sort of got into the way that she delivered things, got into the, the patter that she had and so on. And she presented a really public face for what mm. is, you know, it's a soft, they sell software. Um, they sell other people's software, but they sell software. And that's hard to do, yeah. but having that public face is good. And so feels to me that if you've, if you've got a company, you know, your, your web design business, as an example, um, and you've got somebody in on your staff who is particularly good at this, isn't afraid of the camera, knows the technology, is quite happy to bang out videos for you or write content for you, then that feels like a, a bit of a win as well, a, an easy win. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I engaging on other people's forums and that I think is important for business as real people. I know companies are often very cautious not to say something that might split people Yeah, because they want to, you know, the, the, or their employees need to. We, I mean, I had to be careful as a civil servant what I could say publicly because I'm a crown employee. I, I'm supposed to represent the values of the crown, you know, and that happens in companies everywhere but i in some ways for marketing i think it's a, a mistake so i so some people that i now are aware of now in wp builds areas are, are people that i saw leaving comments in you know a blog that i used to comment on sort of eight years ago mm. and i know them and i and in some ways also through just them appearing in different places i i kind of know them for their values Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a kind of important thing, even if it might be different. I think it's important that I've got that attached to them. So I think the who becomes important. Even with my greeting card stunt that I did, the who was important, I think, in that because I took a stand on which I thought was the right way. <laughs> and the truth is you're never going to get this right for everybody. So as an example, I'm always drawn to the to the you know to the the sort of the humble personality i'm always drawn to people who make videos yeah. and you know they they're not too bothered if they make sort of little clumsy mistakes and all of that it's totally all right with me but for another you know if you were representing a pharmaceutical mm. company and giant multinational car manufacturer or something it's just totally different you know you've got to rehearse it it's got to be perfect it's probably got to cost a lot and be super slick but if you are a, i don't know a software developer you're trying to sell your wordpress websites i think less so and the human angle for me always wins but but it but other people won't want to see the human angle they want to see the slick professional um you know uber produced and um expensive video so there's i don't think there's a right answer to creating content there's just finding your stride and finding out what gels with your audience and i suppose that's the hard part um is working out what what sort of tone to have is it going to be are you going to adopt a sort of, you know, a, a humorous personality? Are you going to go for really serious and professional? All of these things will hit some people. I mean, goodness knows if you can if you can figure out a way to get to everybody all the time. Fabulous. Well done. But I think that's going to be a, a tall order. Yeah. You reminded me of a fabulous bit of marketing that went out and it was for a company that produced uh, sanitary towels. Right. And and they were part of a, um, a bigger organization, so they didn't have a CEO. But somebody had wrote some comment about how the advertising was all, you know, uh, lots of women bouncing around and enjoying life with <laughs> sanitary towels and lots of images of water. And the whole business is, you know, menstruation is a bit more messy than that. And they did this wonderful 
campaign, they did this whole ad where they invented a CEO replying. Uh, did you see it at all? <laughs> no, I don't it was, remember. It, oh, it, was, it was such a funny video. And they, they showed, yes, we, we've skirted over the issues. We agree with you. But this is what happened when we brought people in. And they show all these men crying at the reality of the situation. <laughs> Women's menstruation cycle. <laughs> and then we couldn't put this out in the public. It was a fabulous bit. You know, they just invented this. But it was like they took a it was the last thing you would expect a company like that to do and it was yeah. kind of honest and they would get it was the opposite to what their general marketing was all about and they humanized it it was a fabulous bit of marketing it is interesting when large corporations somehow manage to grab onto something where you feel a personal connection with them that that yeah. is that is gold isn't it john lewis for some i don't know quite how they managed it there's this retailer in the uk called john lewis and every year they spend an absolute fortune trying to trying to pull the heartstrings of people at yeah. christmas time and they do it really well year after year they produce these adverts to the point yeah. where the advert every year is now a talking point. You know, what's the John Lewis? Ad- it's a bit sad, really, yeah. but it's what's the John Lewis advert going to be like? And so that content is gold, but boy, that must take a lot of getting used to. I think when you come across the that moment, probably more by accident than anything else, uh, yeah, really write it down and, and I suppose milk it for everything it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's been terrible adverts out there as well, like, which I'm sure weren't planned to be so bad, but they go viral themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. So for I, me, though, staying off controversy works. I just It just doesn't fit me. Um, I like the idea of uh, just producing content of on a common theme over and over again. But this, this whole starter debate thing, we'll, we'll see how that works out because as you alluded to, we're going to mm. try doing that in in the WP Builds podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got one more of the um, leaks to go through in this series, and then we're on to debate. So I'm really looking forward to that. Actually, speaking of which, if you are still paying attention to this podcast, it, <laughs> do tell us what you'd like us to debate. It's obviously got to be something to do with WordPress and clearly something where we're not going to put anybody ne- anybody's nose out of joint or force David and I to have a fight. Um, (laughs) but it would be quite nice to have some, the the idea being that we, we've had these discussion episodes going for ages and, uh, might be nice to have a a sort of, well, adversarial tone. Maybe that's the word, but, um, yeah, let us know. There's a post in the Facebook group. Yeah, it's going to force us to do a bit of homework, isn't it, for a change? (gasps) We're going to, we're going to, yeah, because we, 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 we agree with each other and we have our ideas, but sometimes we just don't go and look up stuff to, to have an argument with each other. So I think it's going to be good for us. We're going yeah. to learn. Well, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to win all of them. That's the, that's <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right, 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 right. So uh, controversy begun, but that's not until we've got one more of these episodes out of the way. So um, yeah. should we, should we knock it on the head for this week? Indeed. It's done and dusted. You see, I've got my own catchphrase now. Ah, very nice. Well done, David. I'm going to say, uh, right, uh, yeah, enjoy, and uh, we'll see you next week. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. I always enjoy chatting to David Wormsley. And this week, the when and who of marketing, well, very interesting indeed. Perhaps this content was for you. Perhaps you got something out of it. If so, please leave a comment underneath the post or... You could, if you wanted, go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. That will get you to our Facebook group and you can find the thread in there and leave a comment there. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by WP and Op. One in four of us will be directly affected by mental health related illness. 
WPNOPS supports and promotes positive mental health within the WordPress community. This is achieved through mentorship, events, training and counselling. Please help enable WPNOP by visiting wpnop.org forward slash give. That's all I've got for you this week, but of course we'll be delivering lots of content during the course of the week. Next Monday, join us for our news update. We release that very early in the morning. You can find out about that by going to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. And of course, we have our live version of the news at 2pm UK time. So you can head to the Facebook group or wpbuilds.com forward slash live 2pm UK time each and every Monday. If you don't catch us for any of that, well... Perhaps we'll see you back here next week for an interview. Some cheesy music is fading in. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.